0: If you're a husband or hoping to one day be a husband and you end up blowing it big time, one of the last things you ever want to hear your wife say is, I just don't trust you anymore. Now other than divorce, no more devastating words can come out of the mouth of the woman you love. Unfortunately, I know the feeling. Trust is one of the hardest things to restore in a broken relationship. It leaves a trail of pain, hurt, anger and a feeling of betrayal. Leaving the one who broke the trust feeling hopeless that they can ever rebuild the trust. While today's guest who's been down this road before says there is hope and he wants to help you rebuild the trust in your marriage. Stay tuned because Real Men Connect is
1: next. Real Men Connect, episode 65. Welcome to Real Men Connect. Are you ready to be the extraordinary man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be? then get ready to receive wisdom and guidance from some of the country's most respected men of faith as you learn everything you need to know to go from good man to great man God's way. No judgment, no shame. Just real men with real challenges seeking real change. All for God's glory. Hello, mighty men of God, and welcome to the Real
0: Men Connect podcast, where we help good men become great men God's way. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Martin, and every week, We interview some of the nation's most respected and accomplished men of faith to find out what it really takes to become the kind of husband, father, and spiritual leader God called and created us to be. Each interview session is packed with practical, proven biblical principles you can immediately apply in your relationships, on your job, and in your community. Today we have with us Tony DeLorenzo, who is the co-host, along with his wife, Lisa, of the number one marriage podcast on iTunes called The One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Tony speaks to a worldwide audience about sex, love, and commitment and challenges every listener to make their relationship a priority. As a husband and business owner whose marriage has dealt with the issues of pornography, financial crisis, and child loss, Tony speaks from the heart to those issues that impact relationships with a mixture of tough love and candor. Tony works with couples all around the world, equipping them with the tools and strategies they need to create an extraordinary marriage. He equips individuals who are struggling with a lack of time, communication, or intimacy with specific tools and strategies to create the extraordinary relationships they desire. Now, I heard about Tony through a mutual friend of ours, Jackie Bledsoe, who's appeared on the Real Men Connect podcast in episode 55. And if you haven't checked that out, make sure you go back and listen to that. And after listening to Tony's podcast and checking out his website, I knew we had to have him on the show. He and his wife, Elisa, have been married for 19 years, and to say this man has a testimony is an understatement. I can't wait to get real and raw with Tony as we discuss a very sensitive but popular topic when it comes to marriage, and that's rebuilding trust. Thank you, Tony, for joining us on the Real Men Connect podcast, and welcome to the show. Hey, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here. And Tony, I'm excited to have you on because I told you even when we were off the air that I get emails and I get phone calls and text messages and, and people commenting and, um on our blog about this issue about trust. But mm-hmm. before we get into that issue, Tony, one of the things we always do on Real Men Connect, we try to ask men to share with us their favorite Bible verse, something that gives them inspiration from the scriptures. And so if you don't mind sharing with us, what's yours and what inspires you and why?
2: Yeah, so my favorite for, gosh, many, many years has been Philippian 413. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that actually came about uh, during a period of my time in my life and in my marriage where um, I wasn't in the greatest place with with Elisa and our marriage, but I was really into uh, road cycling. I've been a road cyclist for gosh, many years. I started when I was 14 and I was training for double centuries, which are 200-mile bike rides in a Holy day.
3: Holy cow. Yeah,
2: <laughs> They're Jeez. long. So a typical double century can last you anywhere from like 12. Actually, I could do my fastest in about 10 and a half hours to 18 hours. And it was during those long rides when I needed that strength. Mm-hmm. And that Bible verse right there was one that I would repeat to myself time and time and time again because um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So in those hours when I was at my – my least and at my my toughest times of just pushing the pedals, you know, 12 hours into a a ride or uh, a, a race, um, knowing that he's the one who strengthens me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then as that time period of our lives changed and Elise and I began to rebuild our own marriage, rebuild the trust in our marriage, um, that has just become a mantra call for me to know that I am strengthened by him constantly. Each and every day, no matter what's happening,
0: and that's good. And you know, it's funny, Tony, that I always ask me that question when they come on the show. And you know, you start hearing some of the same Bible verses um, over, and that's one of the most popular ones. Do you know that no one has said that since we've had the show? Really? <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the most popular Bible verses. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe because people know that that's so popular that they've adopted another one. But it always comes back down to that: um, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So. I'm glad to hear that you get a lot of inspiration from that. Now, you mentioned about um, enduring with Elisa and your marriage, man. we're going to get to that in a second, but let's let's go back. And I want to go back to the beginning and find a little bit about your background. What
2: was life like for you growing up, Tony, as a boy? What kind of family did you have? You know what? We, we grew up here in Southern California. Um, I had an interesting childhood. My father uh, immigrated here from Italy at a young age, uh, never finished high school, you know, uh, his mom divorced, uh, my grandfather many, many years before they even came over to this country. So I had a, I had a hardworking father, Mm -hmm. um, a a dad who I didn't see often because he was in the construction business. Uh, he has his general contractor's license and a plumbing license. And so during the eighties, And and even like at the end of the 70s in the Carter, you know, um, inflation was out of control. Interest rates were crazy. I mean, we're talking 18%. Mm -hmm. So you can only imagine what that does to the housing market. And so my dad would drive many hours to get work. And he and his brothers who own the company would stay each week in some of these locations because they would be driving two, three hours one way. And so growing up, I didn't see him much. Uh, added on to that. My, my younger brother was born uh, six years after me and he has a genetic blood disorder uh, called thalassemia major where his red blood cells don't reproduce. And so it was an interesting time because my dad was gone and my brother had to be, as he got older, like around, I want to say he was like one, two years old. So I was like seven or eight at the time. He had to get a shot every day uh subcutaneous shot typically in his stomach Ugh. um to help with the iron level so basically what, what happens with thalassemia patients especially majors the red blood cells don't reproduce so they just die out in the in their bodies mm-hmm. and with that the, the excess iron that our bodies is supposed to eliminate from our bodies doesn't happen so it just it pulls up in their bodies thalassemia patients And what happens if you don't take care of that, what will happen is that the iron, there will be an iron overload and typically your internal organs will begin to shut down. So back in the day, we're, we're talking, you know, 30 plus years now, um, we had to give them this shot and I had to hold them down. Oh boy. With my mom. Wow. So it was, it was a difficult, it was a difficult time. Um. I, it was just yeah it was just it was a it was a difficult time and um and I still shake up now, yeah. <laughs> talking about that because you know you're seven or eight and mm-hmm. and you're you're watching your mom stick your brother mm-hmm. and and I would have to chase him down, um wow, Dad would come home on the weekends and he'd he'd have to do his stuff, you know he'd have to work, um he always provided it wasn't like we ever went without meals. Um, but there are tough times that I've learned about. And so, um, yeah, man, you know, never heard. I love you. Never saw him come to a game.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, some of those hurts still, you know, as you can tell, they, they still hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and, 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 um, but I love my dad. We've, we've come a long way. And so even though that's what I remember as a child, I, I love the relationship I have with him now mm-hmm. because I became intentional about it about eight years ago.
0: And, and I appreciate you sharing that with us, Tony. And, and for the men out there who are listening to, um, I, I, I was telling you before we came on the air that I do some coaching with men and mm. Tony, um, there's a, a man that is one of my, my coaching clients. He's in his eighties. Okay. <laughs> He's in his eighties and the wound of the father is real he oh. can recall things that happened to him when he was 6 mm-hmm. that his dad did which just blew me away because he's now happily married been married for over 50 something years and yet and people say well why, why would he be getting coaching um he gets coaching because he realized that in spite of of having a great marriage and And everything, he realized there's some things that he still misses that he didn't have and been able to relate to his wife, relate to his children, now grandchildren, and even great grandchildren. And so he recognizes, but it just blew me away that the wound, when he was talking about it, he was getting emotional. Mm -hmm. And he's in his 80s. And he can remember uh, an incident that happened when he was six years old, which is just. Uh, uh, amazing to me. So, um, I I can relate to you, brother. I understand mm-hmm. what you're talking about. But I, I want before we get into the topic, but I, I gotta go there, Tony.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what? Because you have a great relationship with your dad now. You said, yeah. And yeah. I think that. And I would love to do a show with more guests to talk about how the, the relationship has been restored because we really haven't touched on that too much. But I want to go back to of you having endured this as a child. Mm-hmm. What impact do you think? that your relationship with your dad had on you um, as a young man, and as it spilled over to you being an adult, because it's hindsight is twenty twenty. What do you notice now?
2: Once, once I left the house, Mm -hmm. uh, I was adamant of, I grew up in a small town here in Southern California, about 25,000. My high school was 900. Um, I had a graduating class of like 150. So when I went to college, I decided I wanted to go somewhere big. I wanted to go somewhere exciting. And I ended up going to the University of Colorado at Boulder Mm -hmm. um, in the early 90s after they won the championship. I mean, it was just a ruckus place. It was awesome. It was beautiful. I was away from my family. And that took me down a a path of of just addiction to alcohol, Mm -hmm. to drugs, sexual immorality, uh, no care for my own life or those around me. That's what it all led to because I didn't have any strong foundation of what it meant to live a godly life or even a life as a man Mm -hmm. because I didn't have it around me. And so once I got into a situation where, you know, everybody I was learning from, my peers, this is what they were doing. That's what the path I went down. And that path wasn't a great path. That was a path I lived for many, many years. And um, even into my marriage. You know, when I first got married, I got married young. I was 23. So that even started getting tracked into those early years of my marriage, which caused multiple issues, which, you know, almost led Elisa and I to getting divorced twice, Mm -hmm. you know, in our first 11 years.
0: Wow. You know, and Tony, and and I'm speaking also on behalf of myself as well, because you and I share a similar background, except yours. Your your story ends up having a, more of a happy ending than mine did, <laughs> uh, but I'm always happy to hear those happy stories. But I, this is just a question between you and me, and I'm the guys are just happen to be listening in on this. Yeah, you know when we, because you know having an environment where you grew up in when your dad was disconnected from you emotionally and spiritually and didn't kind of set the foundation, what makes us think when we go through that that we're marriage material? <laughs> you
2: know? It, i'm it, just curious
0: because I, I got married at 22 and i'm thinking what made me think i was marriage material
2: <laughs> other than like my dad and some other you know older men that i knew who i valued their opinion mm-hmm. um going like man she but you, you just better not let her get away right was, was oh, more yeah the, yeah their response like don't let her get away and Alisa's is absolutely beautiful. She's she's beautiful now. She was beautiful then, um, and no way did I want her to leave our relationship back then. Um, but yeah, at twenty three. I didn't know any better. Right. I just had you know uh, you know I would come around, and my dad's like, dude, you better not let her off. You know, just they my parents just loved her to death. You From know Tony, that, that
0: makes perfect sense. Now, I never thought about it. I'm glad you pointed that out because, <laughs> yeah, I never thought about it because they're thinking because, yeah, and I had a chance. i tell you, I, I did my research on your site. And I got to tell you, dude, you outkick your coverage with your wife, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <I> <laughs> she, yeah, she
0: is beautiful, man. And I can understand now you're right that people are telling us because they know how jacked up we are, right? <laughs> you cannot let her get away. You're going to regret this for the rest of your life if you don't marry that woman. It's, right. I never thought about it that way. I'm glad you enlightened me
2: on that. I'm glad you told me that. <laughs> and can I just share one thing? Though, sure. Joe? Go right yeah. ahead, man. Because that hurt, that pain that my dad caused and I experienced, and I don't know if he even knew he was causing it. So right. let's let's right. be frank about that. Right. Like, I don't know if my dad knew that. Again, my dad grew up. He immigrated to this country. He went to like one year of school, maybe his eighth grade year, and then dropped out. He did not have a father around. He was the youngest of four boys and knew that he had to provide.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So he walked into our family with that mentality. So um, I I love my dad. Here's where the shift happened, though. Mm -hmm. About seven, eight years ago, I realized that I'm not going to allow my past to dictate my future. And the one thing I wanted to be able to share with my dad from the bottom of my heart was that I loved him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that was me. I wanted to be able to tell him I loved him. Um, and so I began to pray and I prayed and I said, Jesus, I am going to make it a point every time I talk to my father, because we had gone to the point where we, we started calling each other a couple times a week. And that was on intentional on my part. Like, if I want to repair a relationship, be it with my father, my mother, my spouse, I'm the one who has to take action. I'm the one who has to be front footed on that. I can't expect them to do it because they don't know it. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And so I began to pray and I said, God, I want to be able, from the depth of my being, depth of my soul, I just want to be able to say, I love you to my dad and truly mean it.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And so what I began to do every time we got off the phone, I said, I love you, dad. And believe me, that's, that's a weird place to be when you've never heard it from your dad. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You know, Elise and I are very open with our kids. I tell my kids, I love them all the time. I think sometimes they think I'm crazy for saying it, you know, (laughs) out in public, like dad, don't be saying that. (laughs) But I love you, man. And so what I want, what I want to say is that Prayer matters because I began to pray that over us and over him and over myself. And so I began to say this every time we got off the phone Hey, I love you, Dad. Hey, I love you, Dad. Guess what? He didn't say it back the first time. He didn't say it back the second time. He didn't say it back the 10th time. He didn't say it back the probably the 50th time. Mm -hmm. And yet there came a day where we were ending our call and I said, Hey, I love you, Dad. And quickly. I mean, I, I barely even caught it. He was like, I love you, Tone, and hung up the phone. <laughs> wow. And it was in that moment, there was a massive shift that happened in my heart and in my soul that allowed me to release everything in the past, everything that had happened just in that one moment. And ever since then, as my life has gotten crazier, as my kids have gone older, as the business has grown, as things have happened, there are times that I almost, I, I, not almost, I do forget to say, I love you, dad. And guess what? He's the one now. He's manning up. He's manned up. Mm-hmm. He's stepped up to the plate and he goes, you know what? I'm not going to let my son dictate that anymore. I'm going to dictate it. I'm going to change the atmosphere here. And when we're getting off the phone, he'll say it. Even in front of his buddies, because he's retired now. So he'll be out having lunch with all his Italian buddy friends. And even on the phone, in front of all of them, he'll be like, I love you, Tone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I, and I catch myself going, you know what? I love you too, Dad.
0: Wow. And see, and you just um, epitomized one of the statements I've heard um, mentioned, even on our show, they said, love is also saying, I'll go first. Right. And you showed your love for him by going first. And then in return, God blessed you by now opening up his heart to allow him to share it with you. And Tony, you know, I tell you, we can do a whole show talking about the, <laughs> the fathers and everything. I told yeah. you that this is a an issue that we do need to have a show on. Uh, But I know that our listeners are really chomping at the bit to get into this issue about um, regaining and rebuilding trust with our wives. And so we're going to transition because you mentioned that um, you and Elisa almost went through a divorce twice. Mm -hmm. And so tell me, how did um, One Extraordinary Marriage come about after you guys have gone through so much trauma? And also tell us a little bit about that trauma that you put her through.
2: (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I'll, I'll share where we were when we put it together. Okay. And, and the the thing was, we were we were at our 11th year of marriage. Um, we could have gone a few ways, uh, you know, just keep going down the same road we've been going down, you know, it it's ho-hum, it's plateaued, no big deal. We could get a divorce, just call it good, move on, you know, try to, you know, lick our wounds and just go into another relationship broken as we were. Right. And just bring that brokenness into another relationship or three we could get radical so we chose to get radical and for us in a place where you know things weren't going great we had a five and a a two-year-old at the time Mm -hmm. i proposed to elisa because we were about to start a small group study at our church on sexual intimacy on the song of solomons which is just a beautiful book in the bible that most churches just want to just brush over. Um, During that eight week study, I proposed to her after we were watching some shows doing a 60 days of sex challenge. And let me tell you, we weren't having a lot of sex before that. Right. It it was like maybe once a month. Mm -hmm. It was it was very haphazardly. We weren't connecting. But I knew we had to get radical. We had to do something different. We had to have a shift, a challenge together that we could bind ourselves in some way, some form. Mm-hmm. Personally, myself, I'll tell you, I was like, man, if I can just get sex, you know, a few times a week, this would be amazing. Um, unfortunately, when I brought that up to her, she shot me down pretty quick. Of course. Reject- <laughs> rejection, is, rejection is something I think all of us have faced at some point in time in our marriage. Um, and so she shot me down really quick, hurt, dejected. I went to bed the next day. She came back and she said, God spoke to me and said, if I can't even try something, then our marriage is over. Mm-hmm. She, so, so she said, I'm willing to try something. And so we embarked on our 60 days of sex challenge. We completed 40 out of 60 days, but it wasn't a, just a physical and a sexual experience. It was an emotional experience. It was a spiritual experience. We got transformed. We weren't perfect. We weren't out of the woods, mm-hmm. but something had started to shift and change. And so as I began this, this like searching to become a stronger husband, a better husband, one where I could glorify my wife, everything that I was looking for and searching for were from men who I believe are godly. They're awesome. They have a great word. The thing was, is that they were older, much older. Right. They couldn't relate and I didn't see the, them able to relate to a 30-something-year-old with a 5- and a 2-year-old at home. Um, and so we began to speak a little bit at church retreats and talk to some folks. And people were chomping at the bit. Well, how do we get more? How do we learn more? And so that's when we started the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. And we started you know, the first show right with our 60 Days of Sex Challenge. And for the last six and a half years, we share our story. We share our ups and we share our our downs. We share the hurts that happen and the love that happens. We share about, you know, how we've completed the seven days of sex challenge eight times. We talk about how we've learned to communicate. And even when we don't communicate well, what we're learning each and every step of the way. And so that's where one came from. And as we began to do that, we just, we've hit a chord, we've hit an audience that wants to hear the truth, right? And one of our biggest things is always that we're going to be truthful, honest, and transparent. Mm -hmm. And it's Elisa and I, so you get that male-female dynamic, that husband and wife dynamic, which isn't always pretty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There are times when we've been on the show and we've been arguing. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Because we have a difference of opinion. Right, right. We have a different lens that we're seeing a, a situation happen. And so we get to share that and allow people into our world and know that they're not alone.
0: And Tony, that is great, man. Um, And obviously you guys have endured a lot. You've done a lot. You've been through a lot and you put um, Elisa through a lot. And I'm not saying that she was totally innocent and everything, but in order to rebuild trust, you have to first break it first. And so what things, and you don't have to go into so much because I want to get into the solution more so than the problem itself, but just to give us some context so men out there can relate and understand that, well, dude, you don't know how how bad I've blown it. You have no idea. Share with them briefly um, the highlights of what you did to break the trust um, in your marriage.
2: Yeah. So pornography was a big one. Mm-hmm. As much as us men believe that it doesn't impact our wives, it does. Right. They know it. They see it uh, in us. They may not see us looking at it or watching it, but they know it. So that was a big one. That was something that I brought in from my childhood, uh, my adolescent years, um, and then into the marriage. And it was, it was prevalent in our marriage for a solid eight years mm-hmm. um, before I just said, I'm done with it. And Elise and I have had many conversations about that. Um, womanizing, you know, going out, trying to pick up on women. I've done stuff, you know, breaking trust doesn't have to be those big things either right, like right. that. I mean, trust break gets broken when you say you're going to do something and you don't
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you don't and you, you constantly say, oh, yeah, I'll take care of that. Yeah, yeah, I'll take care of that. And then you don't. Right, And it erodes that trust anymore because they can't believe the words you're going to say. Mm-hmm. So we got to stand by the words we're going to say. And that's a that's that's a big deal. So. Trust can be broken there. Trust can be broken when, hey, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be somewhere. I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna be somewhere and then I'm not there. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I, I've done it all, man. I, I've done it all and, and I'm sure there are still times when I say something or do, do something that Alisa still goes, Ooh, wait a minute. That that doesn't line up. Let let's let's talk about that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, so, and I'm glad yeah. that you pointed that out, Tony, that it's not just the big things that can break trust. It's the little things. And something is, like you said, we keep thinking, oh, if we break a promise or not keep our word, that that's not that big of a deal. Well, if you're in love with a person and they're breaking a promise to you and they're depending on you and you don't come through, that is a big deal. And if you don't believe me, just try it with your children. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> when children, when we tell them something, they just believe and they take it to the bank that we're going to follow through on what we say so I'm glad that you pointed that out, that it's not just the the big issues, but the smaller issues. So let's get into um to some strategies and some advice yeah. that you can give us as men. Now, in your book, The Trust Factor, um, you talk about four strategies for building, maintaining and regaining trust in our relationships. Could you quickly tell us what those mm-hmm. four are so we can start unpacking them and discuss them in
2: detail? Yeah. So the first one, you got to stop looking and listen. Mm-hmm. The, the second one is you got to bring them back up the the third one is you got to commit to finding the good and then fourth you could you got to declare that you are willing to do all the work now,
0: and repeat those, that those, one those more those time four. for us repeat those four one more time for us tony
2: yep so one is stop looking listen two is bring back up three is commit to finding the good and then four is declare that you are willing to do all the work all right so and so when Go ahead. I'm sorry. You, you want me to start from the... Yeah, I just yeah, want to dive into... Each, Go ahead. It. You know, um, obviously, guys can pick up The Trust Factor. Um, it's on Kindle, or you can come on over and check it out. But stop, looking, listen. It, you know, we, we all... It, well, not all of us, but us here in Southern California, stop, drop, and roll mm-hmm. was something that we were trained as kids growing up in school because you never knew when the big earthquake was going to hit. Right. So this is very similar, you know, so we got to stop, you know, we got to look and we got to listen, you know, we got to stop doing the things that are distracting from spending time with our spouses. You know, we got to stop doing those, those outward emotions, those outward outlets that is taking us away that is breaking the trust. For me, like I said, for many years was pornography viewing, masturbation, you know, oh no, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. no you're lying to me which lying is in breaking that trust so we got to stop doing that and for many guys they just go oh i'll be able to fix everything but i'm going to still do this Mm -hmm. well no because it's still eroding the foundation of that and in one book i want to share here with guys man that are just struggling with their that you felt you feel like you're you're bound to that area and you can't break free, pick up the book, Bondage Breaker. Oh, I love
0: that book. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love that book.
2: You know, stop making, and I'll even say this for stop, stop making excuses, Mm -hmm. declare change in your life and start living it out. Start going after it. So, um, secondly, you know, with the first point is, you know, look at your spouse, look at her. You need to have some eye contact with her. Put your dang phone down.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Get off of it. Uh, our phones have become adult pacifiers. Yeah. Believe me, guys, I, I say it from truth and honesty because I do it as well. Elise will be like, put down your phone, look at me in my eyes. Yes. Here's a great app that Elise and I have just added to our phones and we love it. It's called Forest, and it's a it's a way to get away from your phone because force is all about what you do is you build trees mm-hmm. and you put the timer on for a certain amount of time, 10 minutes up to I think two hours. And what, it, what it is is that when you start building that tree, if you pick it up, if you pick up your phone and you go to an app and start using that app, you kill your tree. So it's this fun game of going, I don't want to kill my tree. Right. right. So I'm not going to use my phone. So if you're going on date, night you know and and you need to look at your spouse during the meal either a leave that phone in the glove compartment or put forest on there and stop looking at your phone look Mm -hmm. at and then listen you know just just listen to them you know one thing I learned when, when I did the 60 days of sex challenge with Elisa was that she had all this all these words inside of her and I wasn't allowing her to express them at all now in our stereotypical world, they'll be like, oh, that's always a woman and da-da-da-da. No, I've been in this world way too long, helping marriages way too long. There are many men who, many men who have words that they want to speak as well. And so be able to to share those with your spouse is key. you know. But when your wife is speaking to you, take that time to just listen to her. Don't have an agenda to fix her. Believe me, I've been there many a times. You know, don't interrupt her, allow her to speak her mind. Don't contradict her, you know, let her have her say, let her, let her shine, you know, so often we're so hurt that we, we always want to, you know, sort of take our spouse and be like, oh no, you got to do it this way. No, 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 she's not you. She's her own woman. Let let her shine. You married her for a reason. There's something in her that you saw that you love so much. Don't keep squelching it let that fire in her burn and let it burn bright. You know, let her, let her have that voice.
0: Now, so you get, stop looking, listen, and you also mentioned bringing back up. Now, what do you mean by that? Bringing back up?
2: So many a times when trust has been broken, there's a, there's a impact, there's impact in our, in our world, in our marriage, what ends up happening is we go into a mode of like, Nobody has gone through this. Nobody knows what I'm dealing with. Right. Nobody knows my hurts, my pains. And so we basically shell ourselves off. Like, I'm not going to share that. I'm going to go into church and everything's good. Man, hey, brother, how are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, man, I couldn't have a better day. Stop lying to yourself. You just yelled at your wife. You still, you just yelled at your children. Life is not great. You're feeling hurt. You're feeling, you're, you're, you're feeling dejected. So if you continue to allow the lie that you have to live in that place forever, you're going to live in that place forever.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So find godly men, men that you can be around, find a coach that you can speak to, somebody you can text and be like, hey, man, I, I just had a rough day. So you got to bring in those good people. What ends up happening, though, we seek out the wrong people,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? So we we seek out the the recently divorced friend who's like, oh, just get a divorce. Yeah. She's not, she's not worth it. She's just, you know, she's tearing you down and this and that. And Rod, just get divorced because misery loves company. <laughs> you got it. So they want you with them. And, and You know, the, the next person don't go talking to your never married brother, sister, cousin, friend. They do not understand the dynamics of marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, watching reality TV does not give them license to speak life into your marriage. Believe me, I get it. They love you, they want the best for you, but they don't see it from an objective viewpoint. Right, right. They just don't. And and lastly, and this one is, stay away from the flirtatious coworker. Hmm. Oh, you know, stop telling your problems to the, you know, to the account executive who sits next to you. She doesn't need to know that. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be sharing that stuff with your ex-girlfriend from college or high school. They are an ex for a reason. Don't go starting making nice with them and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they so understand me. No, they do not. So, you know, stay away from those folks. But bring in the right backup. Bring in that coach. Bring in that brother that you can speak to truthfully and honestly. And that means you, as guys, we got to build up some relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. We got to build up some relationships with other men that we can be that we can be honest with. And so one of my things and one of the things that Elise and I want to do and share and and try to do on every single show. And when we're working with couples or we're sharing in books or our programs. Is that we got to commit to doing that, man, we got to be able to just open up and be honest with ourselves, and Tony yeah Tony
0: you're sharing such great insights and, and I'm I'm writing notes as you're talking okay. and and when you're talking about us getting connected with the wrong people you know flirtation at the office and what you're basically saying is that we're looking for sinful sympathizers yeah <laughs> and oh, someone who's not going to bring us out of where we are but they're going to take us deeper into where we don't want to go and where we want to be but you mentioned also that commit to finding the good and what is that referring to and
2: when it relates to building trust? So we want to we find the good in what's happening in our spouse, mm-hmm. right? So we, wanna, we, wanna them. we want to encourage them. Know, we want to compliment them. One of the things that I had to do in my own mind when I was rebuilding trust with Elisa is that I had to see Elisa as the beautiful woman that God had given me. Prior to that, I wasn't. There was always something better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so here's the thing when there was always something better she knew it and by doing that I was breaking her trust little by little right Right, because I would find something else and so what I ended up doing is I began to realize and God spoke to me and said you need to encourage your spouse daily I don't know how you're going to do it you know it wasn't like this is a how when where type stuff but he was like you need to encourage her so what I realized, I I went back and I began to, to to look at Elisa and, and and see some pictures of her and who she is and and as we've grown up together, you know, 19 years married now, she's always beautiful to me. She's always been beautiful to me. It's why I married her. I just, I, I we were on a we were on a trip just recently, and we were driving. And she was wearing this cute skirt, and I was like, "Honey, I remember the first time." You flew back out to Boulder after we met the summer of ninety four and you you were wearing this cute little skirt with sunflowers on it, and she was just so beautiful. I mean, just so gorgeous. And I remember that as we were driving, and so some years ago, I decided to make that conscious decision, that intentional decision, to speak to Elisa that she is beautiful, mm-hmm. right? So when you listen to our show i I introduce the show is with and you know, co-host. With my beautiful wife Elisa.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: when I when I speak of Elisa, even on Facebook, when I say something to her, I love hanging. You know, we we re- recently we did an early twentieth anniversary trip to Peru. I would post stuff, and I'd be like, "Here, here we are at Machu Picchu," or "Here I am at Machu Picchu with my beautiful wife Elisa. Mm-hmm. You know, so I begin to speak life into her, encouraging her, which then begin to shift my mind. Right. You know, I, I'm looking for the good instead of the bad. I'm recognizing change. You know, I'm changing the atmosphere in our world, in in our lives, from a negative standpoint to a positive place. You know, it's reminding ourselves and them of the awesome qualities they have. Right. See, right. because I believe when we when we encourage, it's almost like when we speak, when we pray. I always have a massive shift when I speak those prayers out instead of just having them in my head Mm -hmm. because when I'm speaking them, I'm not just speaking them, but I'm hearing them right through my ears. And so when I say, Hey, this is my beautiful wife, Elisa, not only does she get that and get to enjoy that and take that in, but I also say it to her, which reminds me that she is.
0: Tony, that is so good, man. That that is so good. And you know, you said something good, you know, the Bible tells us that there's death and life in the tongue. Yeah. And, so, and we'll eat the fruit thereof if we don't watch our mouths. So, right. But you said something that really stood out to me. And I think I hope that the men didn't miss it because I'd never heard it before. But you said when you were in that mindset of something better may be out there for you, you said something better out there, but they know it, that you feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard it, but I never and I never heard anyone say it that way. And I never thought about it, but you know, I guess it was Ralph um, Ralph Waldo Emerson that says that what you do speak so loudly, I can't hear what you say. And I never thought about it, that if you have that mindset of thinking there's something better out there, even if you don't say it, she will know it. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the men um, really um, took a hold of that. And the thing you were mentioning about adding the words, um, my beautiful wife, is something as, is something as small as that, can make a huge impact. And like you said, you're speaking it, but you're also telling yourself Mm -hmm. and you're hearing it yourself. So I'm glad that you brought out those points because something as small as that we'll overlook and not use that to our advantage to build our marriages. Now, you mentioned the fourth one, the fourth um, step or the fourth strategy in building trust is declaring um, that you're willing to do the work. I think I know where you're going with that, but I want you to elaborate on that. Tell us what you mean by that.
2: Yeah, guess what? You're going to have to stand up and you're going to have to do all the work. Can't say, (laughs) well, if your wife does it, then I'll do it. Right. My wife makes that change then I'll make that change. Mm. Well, if my wife wants to see this work, then I'll, uh, then I'll see to it. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Not going to happen. Remember the story guys I told, I shared about speaking words, uh, saying, I love you to my dad. I had to do all the work. My dad didn't know he had to say, I love you. Mm -hmm. I had to do the work, right? And in our marriages, it's the same thing. You got to change what's happening in your life. You got to change what's happening in your marriage. Now, they may take it. They may not. There have been times when I've had to declare all and be willing to do the work, and it's fallen on deaf ears. Right, right. Does it mean that I stop? No. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find another angle to talk to Elise. I'm going to find another way to express myself. But I can't expect her to start doing something if she doesn't even know there's an issue because she may not. And so, you know, the big thing, the big thing that we share so often at One Extraordinary Marriage is that you got to be willing to be intentional about what you're doing and you got to take action. Because there's one thing to just go, I'm going to do it. There's another thing about being intentional about it Mm -hmm. and then actually doing it. Because again, we can have all these high in the pie dreams of what our marriage is going to look like and then wonder a year later why nothing happened. Because if we're not willing to take action, if we're not willing to take that first step, then nothing's going to start growing. Healing won't happen Learning won't happen. Growth won't happen. Change won't happen. But when we're willing to step out there, you know, for, for many of us men, I mean, we like to, you know, be fit at periods of times of our lives. We've gone through that. Hey, myself, you know, I went from, you know, not riding much to writing double centuries. And I've gone from riding double centuries to doing very little. And so I've had to do that work. To get to those places. Same thing in our marriage, same thing in our lives. And so find a plan that works for you. You don't need to take it all on. Pick one. You know, I I shared four strategies here. One of the things that I know is a lot of us will go for overload mode and we'll try to do all four of them starting tomorrow. Right. Don't do all four. Pick Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Do Mm -hmm. one consistently for 60 days. I mean, I challenge you to, to, Find the word that best describes your wife in a positive light that you can say time and time again each and every day to her for 60 days. Start there. If you have a flirtatious coworker that you've been getting a little too friendly with, I challenge you to step back and away from that for the next 60 days. You can do it in a friendly way. I'm not mm. saying you've got to cause issues within the workplace. But you can stop sharing all the most intimate areas of your life in your marriage with this flirtatious coworker, right? That's a conscious right. decision you can make, and I believe you can do it.
0: And Tony, so I'm glad that you you said that to us, and that we need, cause we need to hear that as men, that because we, especially if we are guilty of breaking the trust, we want to see it repaired and fixed overnight. So I just want to get it back to where it used to be, and it doesn't work that way. That it mm-hmm. takes baby steps, and you have to start slowly and build towards something. Now, you also you mentioned about how that you have to maybe be willing to take that first step. You know, you were, we're talking about marriage, but that's exactly what you did with your dad. You took the first step, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen overnight. But you were consistent with taking those steps, and his heart was won back towards you. And so, and I would think that applies to any relationship, whether it be with our children, with our parents, and especially with our spouses. Um, I don't know if you heard this saying, they say that marriage is not 50-50, but divorce is (laughs) 50-50, but marriage has to be 100-100. And I like the fact that you say we have to start small. So I appreciate you
2: sharing that with us. Love it. Yeah, and and it is. It's 100-100. Yes. Stop, you know, and and go after it, man. Go after it. What's the worst that could happen? You know, your life has changed dramatically man, I've seen marriages that have been married six months come to us and be like, oh my gosh, I don't know if we're going to make it to one year to just having amazing breakthroughs Mm -hmm. to marriages that have been married 40 plus years coming to us going, oh my gosh, I have seen amazing breakthrough in my marriage that I've never seen before. Just willing. Are you willing to put in all you got? Now, you know,
0: it's time for our man up questions, Tony. Yeah. And I told you about these are five quick questions, starting with the letters M-A-N-U-P. And all they require is fearless honesty. And you've already mentioned that as a prerequisite for building trust that we have to get real. We have to be honest. We have to be truthful and transparent. And so we're going to ask you some man up questions. So the question is, Tony, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's hit it. <laughs> All right. And we'll get started right after this short break. And we'll return speaking with our guest today, Tony DeLorenzo, and how to rebuild and regain the trust in our marriage. Be back in a minute. Do you know that no one has ever become a champion without a coach? Think about it. Any athlete who's ever made it to the Olympics, let alone won a gold medal, has ever gotten there without a qualified coach or a group of coaches. So if that's the case, if you're serious about becoming a champion husband, father or leader, then my question is, who's coaching you? That's why I've officially launched the Real Men Connect 21-Day Coaching Program. My goal, to help you become the man and spiritual champion God called and created you to be. If you're gonna succeed as a man of God, it's gonna take faith, wisdom, and accountability. So you need a proven Christian coach, mentor, and teacher who's literally helped hundreds go from good to great God's way. I've been an award-winning educator for more than 23 years, and I've been coached and trained by some of the best in the country. So whether it's strengthening your faith, improving your marriage, growing your ministry, or even breaking an addiction. Let me coach you for 21 days to help you finally get the breakthrough you've been looking for. Just go to realmenconnect.com or call 423-763-7675 for details. Availability is limited, but satisfaction is guaranteed. Okay, we're back with our, t- our guest, Tony DeLorenzo. And Tony, the man Of questions are getting ready to get started. And we started with the letter M. And the M represents mistake. Now, obviously, you've gone through a lot in your marriage with um, Elisa. And you've done a lot to rebuild and regain her trust. But what was the mistake, what, what was the biggest mistake that you learned the most from
2: in trying to rebuild your trust with her? The mistake I learned most was that my words have power. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to say, I'm going to do something. I got to do it. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and when I didn't do it, I, I fell flat. She right. lost trust in me again. And we had to rebuild again and we had to start over. Mm-hmm. So my word means something. And once I learned that, that was revolutionary for me. And
0: obviously you've incorporated that now into helping other couples with yes. that is keeping your word and how important that is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now the A represents attitude and you and your wife, you work with a lot of couples and you've mentioned that and you've seen them from varying from people who've been married over 30 something years to people who just gotten married. And you run it across, you run across a lot of men and we're focused on men on this show. If based on the husbands or the men you've seen who are struggling in their marriages, if you could change one attitude in those husbands, what
2: would it be? The one attitude I see that i see that they share with me mm-hmm. that's holding them back is a is a it's it's a place not an ad but it's fear okay fear is that so i'm trying to think what the attitude of <laughs> the opposite of of the fear is but i see them being held down by that fear so if i can break off that fear then we got to shift in attitude mm-hmm. right to see the positive to see to see the light to see what is good in marriage
0: now, and see, you mentioned fear, and even though this is not part of the man of questions, but what do you think they're afraid of? Everything. <laughs> is it everything?
2: <laughs> there, there is. There's just a fear of like, am I going to get rejected by her? Again? Right, right. right. Um, you, you know, uh, what if I say something that's not right? Um, it's just this underlying, like, I can't do anything right. And so mm-hmm. the, the, there's just a cloud that just envelops them.
0: You know, I was interviewed um, last night on a, another person's radio show, and they asked me, um, what would I tell a woman that she needs to know about a man uh, that she probably doesn't know? I said that a man is easily and very discouraged if he doesn't think he can get it right and satisfy you mm. and make you happy. Um, and she was kind of shocked that I said that. But I told her, I said, you have no idea that we, you know, we're so achievement and accomplished, driven and oriented that we want to accomplish something, and I think that goes into what you're saying about this fear—the fear of rejection, getting it wrong, not doing it right, of failing again. That that makes that would make perfect sense why we're walking around in a lot of fear because we're just being men. But now let's go on back to the man up questions. Now the end Tony represents next, and you guys are doing some tremendous work. I mean, I'm I'm excited about seeing some of the work you guys are doing with couples and the yeah. books you're writing and some of the resources that you guys provide. Um, What would be the next big thing you would attempt to do for marriages or even in your business? You you and Lisa, what would you guys attempt to do for God if you know you couldn't fail?
2: I would hire probably 20 people onto my team like right now.
0: 20 people to do what?
2: (laughs) To blow it up. (laughs) Okay. To, to, To take what we share to the place that every single marriage is impacted that every f- family is impacted mm-hmm. that we have, we see a shift we see a, a a massive change in the way folks even view marriage mm-hmm. to the place where we are impacting generations there's a legacy that happens and to do that you know it takes people it takes folks on board who to understand your vision and are are willing to help take you and work with you to get to that place where you're just in every place, every area where we can continue to just impact folks, impact folks, impact folks. Because unfortunately to me, it's almost like I would love to be able to share how awesome sex is for married couples in churches around this world. Mm -hmm. And it's something that isn't shared because too many folks, pastors, are scared to even bring it up right on the pulpit.
0: Right. And Tony, I'm questioning about the 20, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm being facetious because I feel like you, I mean, you, when you have a vision that God has put on your heart and obviously you have a passion um, for what you're doing, you want to expand his territory and his kingdom here on earth, but you need, but you just can't get anybody to help you do that. You need to have people who share a similar vision and who could see um, what you see and want to do something about it. So I'm in the same boat with you, brother. I would love to have 20 more other guys to say, you know what, Joe, I'm going to lock arms with you and we're going to make sure this vision gets out so we can help disciple and mentor more men. So right. I know exactly what you're talking about, brother. Let's talk about the you and the you represents understand. Now, when you were younger, when you first met Elisa, um what was one thing you didn't understand about being a man but you understand now because you also have two children. You have a boy. I think you said your son is thirteen, I believe, and yep. you told me off the air. But um, what didn't you? Un- what didn't you understand then about being a man? But you understand now, being married to her.
2: Romance. Oh, romance. Go there.
0: Talk about that for yeah. a second.
2: <laughs> I mean, one thing I didn't understand was romance. I didn't know how to romance Elisa then. Um, you know, when we when you first get together, I mean, it's it's a lot of infatuation. It's it's the butterflies. It's all that fun stuff mm-hmm. you do a little bit of romancing you don't really understand that you're doing it mm-hmm. right you know you're taking her out you're opening the car door for her you're holding her hand mm-hmm. you know you're doing those things that are romancing her for for us older guys we didn't have text messages so we'd actually have to pick up the phone and call <laughs> right younger guys <laughs> you know you, you'll text them you'll, you'll let them know that you love them you'll, you'll, you'll have those emojis for them but I didn't know that back then, but I know it now. Because if we let the romance die, if we let it peter out, then we don't get in return that love, that, that affection, that emotional intimacy, that sexual intimacy that we desire. Because our wives are like, "Man, you're not romancing me. You, you just want to jump in bed and, and have sex. Mm-hmm. And they don't want that. And that's something I've learned a lot over the years and just being able to understand and how to romance Elisa specifically.
0: Right. Right.
2: Each of us are going to do that different because God has made us different, made our wives different. And so to do that, you have to be able to open your mouth and speak to them and and ask them, Hey, how do you like to be romance? Mm. You know, Hey honey, I I want to romance you. What can I do? I mean, there's no better thing than doing what they want. And the best way to do that is ask them that makes common sense and as easy that is to, to
0: grasp it is harder to do for some reason. And I would just confess I'm still learning how to romance my life and I'm becoming a student and but just like you said, Tony, I'm asking her well, what you know what makes you feel? like you're being romanced, that I'm wooing you. And it's weird, the things that she tells me, I'm like, I never thought that was making that big of a difference. <laughs> you know, it's the little things. And so right. I'm, I'm glad that you shared that with us. And I know a lot of men out there could benefit from that. Now, the last letter is the P and man up and it stands for problem. And obviously you've survived some of the worst times in your marriage. And now you're reaping the fruit of um, being persistent and, and leaning on the Lord to make your marriage successful. But even today what problem do you still struggle with as a man Tony?
2: Anger. Anger? Anger. Man it's it's one of those areas that it will it will it'll come out it'll rear its head not as often as it used to. Right. Um and yet it, it will still get me at times. Mm-hmm. And so I believe this is one of the biggest places where we where we destroy trust in our marriages because when we get in that place of anger which is not cool, and we tend to laugh about it because it, it's a way to to just sort of let it go because all of us have some part of it in us. Um, but in those moments, you, you can say things that are hurtful, that are not truthful, um, and it breaks that trust. Mm-hmm. And, and it's honestly, I mean, I don't know if you you've been in one of those places, but man, you, you just you just lose all sense of time and space and and what did I just say? And that's the one area that there are just times, man, when it just, man, it just comes out. Yeah. And I, I need to remember and remind myself, man, I got to put the, on the armor of God on a daily basis. Because if not, the enemy is here to, you know, steal, to kill, and to, to destroy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and through anger, that happens. Yeah. You know. So by putting on that armor of God on a daily basis reminds me that. You know what? I'm not going to allow that anger to take hold of me on a daily basis like it used to.
0: Right. And Tony, I, I appreciate you um, sharing that with us and in, um, in all honesty and being transparent with that, because I believe a lot of men struggle with anger. I struggle with anger. And I will put this as a side note. Whenever I do lose it, like you said, when you just kind of have like an out-of-body experience, I will give my wife credit. She has a great way of restoring me (laughs) and it's worked like a charm. I don't know if it'll work on every man, but she, she'll just come to me and says, um, you know, you're better than that. That doesn't Mm. seem like you what's going on with you. And it just, it, like you said, it snaps me back into reality that, wow, that's, that's not what she's used to seeing. So whenever we get into that anger mode, she's reminding me that, no, Joe, that's, that's not you. Mm -hmm. Where is that coming from? And so, and I don't know if she knows she's doing it, but it gently restores me and brings me back to my senses. But I agree with you said, the first way to prevent it is to keep on the full armor. And sometimes we put our guards down and that's what happens in the enemy attacks. So I appreciate you sharing that with us and guys, man out there, we've come to the end of our show. Um, I got to tell you, Tony, that based on a lot of areas that you talked about, man, I could bring you on about five or six different times on different topics <laughs> that you brought up. <laughs> and I'm hoping that we'll continue to build this friendship because, man, you have a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of knowledge, and obviously a lot of experience. But guys out there who are listening, please don't worry, we'll be back again to do this all again next week with a new guest, with new insights and new lessons. So make sure you don't miss it. And i like to thank Tony for joining us today on our show and being so gracious with this time. Tony, thank you so
2: much, man. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, man, for for allowing me to speak some life into you. Um, honestly, man, go, go out there, man. Yeah. Slay the dragon. <laughs> go out there. Get your roar back. Shout to the Lord. You know, Get it from your belly and, and, and go after it. No matter where you are, you are here for a reason. And you, you can impact your marriage more than you know. And Tony, I got to tell you, you've at least fired me
0: up, and I'm excited about it. And so I know some of the men out there are going to get that fire as well, and they're going to take that first step. But Tony, quickly for our listeners, if they wanted to find out more about you and what you and Elisa are doing in your ministry and what you're working on, how could they get in contact with you, or where would you direct them to?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I want to give, um, I want to get you guys to start listening to the podcast. Okay, get on, start listening. We we have over 300 shows. Wow. get on start listening start start feeding yourself good you know solid information that can help you grow your marriage and so you can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash uh, just go to one just go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com boom mm-hmm. go on up there hit the podcast tab jump on iTunes you can find us on iTunes Stitcher um and just engage your spouse right. in one simple way this week that could, you know, start that journey of transformation that you never even knew was possible.
0: And thanks, Tony, for sharing that with us. And we'll also put that in the show notes as well. And you had mentioned even a, a resource, you mentioned a great book, Bondage Breaker. I believe I, I got to go double check because I think we have that book listed on our site. I think Neil Anderson was the author of that book. That and, is, yes. Yeah, but that book is amazing. And I'm glad you had mentioned that. And so we'll put that in the show notes as well so they can find out how they can contact you. But thank you so much. And to all of you out there, please do us a favor. This is so important. Take about 30 seconds and go over to iTunes and rate the program. Give us a review. It's the best way to help us get this program in the hands, ears, and hearts of men just like you. And please don't keep us a secret. Share us with your friends. I'm sure you'll know some guy out there who could benefit from today's episode. Until next time, I'm Joe Martin, your man builder with realmenconnect.com reminding you, that we are males by birth, but we are men by choice. So each and every day choose to be the man God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible thing to waste. So until next time, stay strong, stay blessed, and as always, stay in his grip.
1: Thank you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast. It's a mission, ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be and the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out realmenconnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man God's way. Again, that's realmenconnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.